0: Hello everyone and thank you for joining us on this Palm Sunday. This week we're going to be looking at the King of Kings in our Knowing You Jesus Linton series. And we're going to be starting off by reading Psalm 34. Psalm 34 is a psalm of David when he pretended to be insane before Abimelech as Saul was chasing him. And it starts off in verse 1 and says this, I will extol the Lord at all times, and His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord and let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me, let his name be exalted. I sought the Lord, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant, and their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called in the Lord heard him. He saved him from all of his trouble. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him, and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good, and blessed is the one who takes refuge in Him. Fear the Lord, you His holy people, for those who fear Him lack nothing. The lions may grow weary and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, and listen to me. I will teach you to fear the Lord. Whoever you loves life and desires to see many good things, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil, and do good, and seek peace, and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and His ears are attentive to their cry. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil, and blot out their name from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them, and He delivers them from all their trouble. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted, and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers them from them all. He protects all his bones, and not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked, and the foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord will rescue his servants, and no one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. And that kind of takes us through Psalm 34. But many of you know the story of Palm Sunday. It's recorded in all the four Gospels. It's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And this is that great story about Jesus' triumphal entry into the city of Jerusalem. And by this point in his life, he had many people following him as he had performed many teachings, many healings, and many miracles. He was coming to the part where it was customary for him to uh, go to Jerusalem for Passover, but he knew this was also a journey to a place that wasn't so celebratory. And that place was the place of the cross. He was greeted by many in the city who were waving their palm branches and throwing down their cloaks and they were shouting hosanna blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord they were treating him like a king the crowds were praising him and many of them were the ones who had followed jesus they wanted to see jesus um, because he had performed so many miracles He had even raised somebody from the dead, as we saw right before this story, he raised Lazarus. So they were all totally huge fans of his. But there's also many parts of this story, if we're honest, that they're symbolic. Because we knew what was about to happen in a few days. First of all, in this story that Jesus is fulfilling prophecy. In Matthew 21 verse 4, it tells us that this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet saying say to the daughter of Zion behold your king is coming to you humble and mounted on a donkey and on a colt the foal of a beast of burden the prophecy is cited directly from Zechariah chapter 9 verse 9 and Isaiah 62 verse 11 the donkey here is symbolic as well it's first of all a symbol of royalty and it's also a symbol of peace as we know riding a horse in town would have been a symbol of war and that's not the message jesus was bringing because he in fact is the prince of peace and he also was writing a cult that no person had ever written. we also know that these garments getting spread on the ground they're symbolic as well as we see over in second kings verses 9 verse 13 because spreading garments before a dignitary was a symbol of submission to that authority so ultimately what these people are doing in the story That we're looking at today is they're saying Jesus will submit to you and your leadership and your kingship it's very interesting from a group that later would be yelling crucify the palms were also symbolic because palm branches were employed also as a token of victory it's kind of interesting there and lastly we also know that it's Passover as Jesus was coming as the sacrificial lamb of God to take away the sins of the world we're going to look at two different perspectives today in this podcast the first perspective we're going to look at is jesus response to us as his people and the second is our response as uh as related to what jesus has done for us so let's look at jesus response to us first here all the people were praising him and they were treating him like a king things were going so right and thought they knew what the future was going to bring, but then things change. Could you imagine possibly how Jesus felt riding on, in some cases maybe feeling a little bit like a celebrity? Think about if your favorite celebrity came to your town or visited your home. How would it make you feel? It's kind of the moment we see here in scripture. And it's interesting to note that Jesus, as he's riding through the crowd, he knew every single person. He saw them. He knew each of their names. He knew their thoughts, their hearts, their circumstance, their past, and He knew even their future. And He had compassion for them. He knew that even though they didn't know Him, they were somehow trapped in sin. And He knew that going to the cross would remove that from them. Because He knew that He was still proceeding. Uh, to what was just another week, and that next week would bring him ultimately closer to the cross that he would have to carry and die upon. And our response to Jesus doesn't dictate Jesus' response to us. I want to say that again. Our response to Jesus never dictates Jesus' response to us. He always loves, always forgives, and is always chasing after us. But they did have a lack of commitment to him. Even a few days later, when the same people were shouting, crucify him, that dictate didn't dictate what he would do or wouldn't do for them. He wept because he wanted so badly for them to see that they were actually in the presence of the true king, God. They were in the presence of also true love. And often, if we're honest, the world we're in, we might not feel those things. And he also was bringing them hope. They saw him, but they really didn't see who he was, his love was still unconditional for the crowd that would later betray him. The reality is Jesus sees you. In scripture, Jesus always saw the one person he was meant to acknowledge, the one person he was meant to speak to, or the person he was meant to heal. He saw grieving widows. Uh, He saw Zacchaeus in the tree. He saw a disabled man by the pool of Bethsaida. And he saw the woman that had been bleeding for 12 years as he acknowledged her as a daughter. In Genesis 16, God called, uh, as he's called in Genesis 16, El-ra'i, meaning the one who sees. And this is first recorded as being spoken by Hagar, Sarai's servant, who, gave, uh, who was given as a surrogate mother for Abraham. Hagar was alone. She was betrayed, abused, and had no stature But yet God reached out to her and called her by her name, Hagar, and said, I see you where you're at and you have a future with me. As we read earlier in Psalm 34, the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are open to their help for cry. The reality is today God sees you and God sees me. Even when we cannot see him, he knows right where we are. And this promise should give us peace. Maybe you're feeling a little bit uneasy with everything going on in the world. You may feel confused or uncertain, but let me remind you of this truth today. You are never out of His sight and you're never forgotten because He's right with you. Even when circumstances cloud our view, God has never left us. He is strong enough to hold us and be with us. No matter how loud the noise of the chaos around us seems to be, He always hears our cry for help. We looked at how he sees you. He also welcomes you. Only Jesus knew the gravity of what the crowd was asking when they shouted, Hosanna. It was a shout of adoration, but it also was a plea, because the word Hosanna literally means, Come save us now. And this is exactly what Jesus was riding into town to do. But the next day, Jesus walked into the temple, flipped over some tables, and tossed money on the floor. The Hosanna shouters must have been shocked at this. My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of thieves, he said. What he did next was even more radical. He invited the least inside. The people that were welcome were the blind, the lame, children, those who were overlooked and usually looked down upon. But then he welcomed them. He healed them and confirmed their place within the court. He cleared the temple for those who had profaned it and ushered in the ones who had sought after it. He does the same for us as well. This is our Christ and He welcomes in the defenseless and He becomes their defense. He brings the weak to Himself and makes them strong. He desires not the shiny sacrifices like our pride wishes to bring, but only a heart that is stayed close with Him. He saves us when we call out to Him. He welcomes us into his presence right where we are, and he loves us. So we've looked at how he sees us, how he welcomes us, and now let's look at how he loves us. Romans 5.8 says, But God demonstrated his own love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Because the reality is we didn't do anything to earn this. We didn't strive for it, or we didn't have to prove anything. The reality is Christ simply died for us. Jesus knew that he was on his way to die. Again, this wasn't plan B. He knew what was before him. He was on the road to be tortured. He was on his way to unfathomable pain. And still he went for us, for you, for me, because of his love for us. As we looked at last week, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So now, in spite of everything that Jesus has done for us, now let's look at what our response to Jesus should be. Psalm 34 tells us of God's care and provision for his people. Again, I'll go back and read Psalm 34 again. But David wrote this psalm as he was being hunted by King Saul, as he was looking to kill him. He was running from place to place and fearing for his life. His world he knew. All of his comforts of the daily life he had had and was used to had been taken from him. Anything he may have found security in was also stripped away. He didn't know what the future was going to bring. And yet his, em- his enemies were all around him. But still he chose to praise God in the middle of this chaos, in the middle of the stress, In the middle of this uncertain time in his life. God didn't prevent this event from happening. He didn't stop it and he didn't answer David's prayer exactly how David probably thought he would have envisioned him answering it. But he did protect David and he did remain with David helping him through the entire journey. Because he went through this agony he was able to go into deeper places of his soul with God and he was able to write words that we read today and are filled with so much truth about the character of God. David says, I will bless the Lord at all times and I will praise uh, Him. His praise will always be on my lips. Our response to God should be just like David's. In good and difficult times, we need to praise Him. In times of plenty and in times where we don't have so much, we need to praise Him as well. In times of security, and times when we're freaking out and scared to death, we should praise Him. In times where we have plenty of people praising God around us, or whenever we're standing alone, we should praise Him. The reality of the scripture is we need to bless the Lord at all times. Because the truth is this comes easy on days of prosperity. But David sang his song through total adversity. When God's people are afraid, they should worship. When they are filled with panic, it's time to praise. When worry overwhelms us, the time of worship is near. This is one of the greatest invitations in the Psalms to all the people to join together and praise. And so let's wrap up all these thoughts today. So to be followers of Jesus, we need to be waving palm branches and praising our King today, who has already saved us and who will always be there to save us from any situation. The reality is we're all sinners. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and yet Jesus died for us anyway. Romans 5.8, as we already looked at, says, but God demonstrates his own love for us. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. He gave the once and for all sacrifice, that we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So our response to this profound, unexplainable and conceivable act of pure love, mercy, and grace should be to submit ourselves to the king. Like it was symbolic to lay outer cloaks on the ground in front of the king as an act of submission on the first Palm Sunday, we should take off whatever we are wearing that does not represent uh, us as God's children. Whatever we are carrying around us that's holding us down. Whatever sin that is keeping us from seeing Jesus for who he really is. Whatever is making us feel like we're not worthy of being in His presence. Whatever has happened in our past, or whatever worry, anxiety, stress, or confusion we're carrying around, we need to lay it at His feet. First John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just, and He will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So submit to Him as your King today. We also see a few more scriptures that deal with this. Romans 10.9 says if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead you will be saved and so know today that he sees you he knows your situation he knows your need he knows how many hairs you have on your head he knows how you're feeling right now he knows your very name he knows who you are He loves you. He hears you. He promises he will never leave or forsake you. He is with you. And he invites you today into his presence. So look past the noisy chaos of this world around us. Trust his faithfulness. Stand on his promises. Lean in and let the nearness of his presence stand and steady your heart. Don't ever stop worshiping him and praising him regardless of what your situation is. The angels worship him constantly. And they're saying the words, even now, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty who was and is and is to come. So let's praise him together on this Palm Sunday with the angels in heaven and our brothers and sisters here on earth. May you know that he sees you. He loves you. He hears you and he knows your name. Thank you for joining us on this Palm Sunday. I know it's an exciting Sunday in the Christian calendar, and we look forward to seeing you on the most exciting day of the year next week on Easter Sunday. Thank you so much, and take care, and God bless.